If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, September 29th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is the blind gamer, a.k.a. Steve Saylor. Hey, Bless. How's it going? It's going good, Steve. I'm sore. I played soccer <laughs> last night. And yeah. let me tell you, soccer takes a lot out of you. And so I woke up this morning and I almost didn't make it out of bed. It's a lot of constant running, which yes. I'm like, I like who wants to, you know, do anything running anything. But, you know, I, I applaud you for, you know, for wanting to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing is, even though. I am experiencing pains in places that I've never experienced pain before. I am still having an excellent time. And I, I am okay. happy to report that after our devastating loss last week, we lost again this week. But we lost <laughs> <laughs> we lost by less points. Oh, there um, you go. Okay, yeah. so you're improving. That's and great. We're improving. We all played better. <laughs> I was very proud. Yeah, Dude, <laughs> Roger Bacorny was getting multiple headers. Whoa. No way. I was absolutely impressed and shocked. Dude, Cool Greg was like... Straight up, like dribbling the ball around people, keeping the ball away from from the defender. He was killing it. Cool, dude. Greg you know has I, been practicing. Like, like I know they've been kind of doing their like uh, practice, like kind of out and about and stuff, just like on their own time. Mm -hmm. But like, it's gotten to the point where Cool Greg is like practicing dribbling, just like around the office. In the office, yeah. yeah. If you look oh, over at yeah. Cool Greg sitting at his desk, like he'll just have his like small soccer ball, just like kicking it around. And so he's gotten actually really good at uh, ball control on the soccer field. And again, like we did really good uh, last night. And so, yeah, shout out to our team. Uh, our team is named FC Hammer. I came up with that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. But Steve, how are you doing? Welcome to the office. Yeah, no, this is the first time in the spare bedroom. And it, it, even though it still feels weird, like we're in the lab, it's like I still feel like we're still virtually, and I'm like, bless. Yeah, right? It's like I want to reach out to you. I still yeah. feel like you're 100 million miles away. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're in the lab mainly because I, they're if, setting if up you for need a, If you need it, Steve, you can just roll on over to Bless and give him a hug if you need it. Yeah, oh, you, okay. you could if you want to. I won't, I won't stop you. Maybe, we'll, maybe instead of the handshake at the end, we'll do, we'll do a, a you know, virtual hug. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like over, we're not using the main studio because right now they're setting up for D&D. Y'all don't want to miss out on that D&D stream. They've been working on it for a while. And let me tell you, I've already seen some of the precursors to it and it's looking real excellent. And so get hyped for that. For now, though, we're doing KHD in the lab. So let's talk about today's stories, which include bad news for Star Wars KOTOR Remake, Fall Guys being fine for now, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and a week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Uh, if you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny I games I forgot daily. about that for a second. Well, I didn't, like, I'm scared to bang on this desk because there's so much technology here. Exactly. And I, and I have, like, a cup of water. I'm like, I don't want to knock that down and yeah, ruin my, uh, you know, I, I have, just got here. I have, a I have a LaCroix and I have a coffee. And if mm. any of this spills on Ooh. the PS5 or the mixer Oof. or the X Wave XLR physical thing or the switcher over here or the DualSense that is camo. We have a camo DualSense here for some reason that I'm oh, matching with. Oh, damn. Okay. Uh, that's a 
uh, that's Mike's controller. Of course, it's Mike's uh, controller. I don't want to ruin any of this, and so that's why you're getting the clap instead of instead of the <laughs> bang on the desk. Uh, of course, remember you can use up a creator code. Kind of funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com/kfgd to write in with your questions, squad ups, and more. And remember, Patreon.com/kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content. Housekeeping for you. A new PS I Love You XOXO is up right now. It is me, it is Janet, and it is our dive into what the future of PlayStation is post-Jim Ryan. It is what I would describe as a must-listen-to, must-watch episode of PS I Love You XOXO, so go check that out. And speaking of which, the Shoe for President shirt is up right now on the kindoffunny.com slash store. You can go over there, uh, check out the shirt. If you're a PlayStation fan, if you're a PS I Love You fan, if you're a Shuhei Yoshida fan, this is a must-buy purchase. It's also only up for a limited time. And so if you wanted the shirt, you got to get on it now. Barrett's pulled it up for you. Designed by the one and only Roger McCorney. I would say you guys got that up quick. Yeah. No, Roger did the thing. As, as soon as Jim Ryan announced that he was retiring, uh, when I tell you that, all the gears turned in Greg Miller's and Roger Courtney's head and Joey, and Joey Noel's head as well. And they're all like, we got to make it work. <laughs> we got we to do something. And so to commemorate, uh, you, we do have our shoe for president shirts available right now. Did we ask you, hey, Yoshida? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> okay. Listen, is Greg one to ask for permission or is he one to ask for forgiveness? Probably the latter. And so, yeah. again, go buy that shirt for a limited time. Um, and then, of course, are you ready to role play? Today, the Kind of Funny crew and special guest Sage Ryan will take you on an epic journey at the table as Nick Scarpino DMs our first ever D&D session. Come join the table and roll some dice with us today, right after KFGD exclusively uh, live on Twitch and then later on YouTube as a VOD. And then as a reminder, the final week of September is here. September not September, uh, as here on Twitch. And it's a great time to take advantage of sweet discounts when you subscribe to our channel. If you want to enjoy ad-free viewing, channel emotes, and more, you can save 30% off on month on three-month uh, and six-month extended subscriptions. If you want to give back to the community, gifted subs on Twitch are now 25% off as well, so you can give the power of ad-free viewing to your best friends. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Brave Authos, Jedi Master Deadpool, and Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Rocket Money, Shady Rays, and DoorDash, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Starting with our number one. Steve, we're starting with Scandal, because Sony... Has hidden the trailer for Star Wars Kotor remake, and they've deleted their announcement tweet. This is from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. References to the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake have been taken offline by some of PlayStation's primary social media accounts amid a report of troubled development. Build as a collaboration between developer Asper or Aspire, always pronounced Aspire, uh, Aspire Media and production partners Lucasfilm Games and Sony Interactive Entertainment. The game was announced as a timed PS5 console exclusive during a PlayStation Showcase event in September 2021. However, it was recently noticed that the tweet from the main PlayStation Twitter account announcing the game has been deleted, while the title's reveal trailer has been made private. This has caused speculation that the game, which was also announced for PC and expected to be released on Xbox Series X at some point too, could be the latest casualty of restructuring efforts at Aspire's parent company, Embracer Group. Embracer, which acquired Aspire in 2021 and placed it under Saber Interactive, uh, said in June that it was implementing a restructuring program, which would see some game studios closed and some projects canceled. 
The announcement followed what the company said was the unexpected collapse of a $2 billion deal with a mystery partner, which was later reported to be the Saudi government-funded Savvy Games Group. The Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake has reportedly been beset by problems over the last couple of years. Bloomberg claimed last summer that Aspire had stopped working on the game and that the future of the title was up in the air. Embracer had earlier confirmed that Saber Interactive was also working on the game, and some of Bloomberg's sources said that they believed it was possible Saber had taken over development of the project entirely. Steve, is this one you've been following? I have been because I like I I definitely played Coder back in the day. It was the only game that I ever actually went back and replayed again. Uh, I, I did the good side uh, for the first one, and then the dark side for the second one, and it's. It was a game that I was very excited for the remake slash remaster, whatever they were going to call it. Yeah. Uh, and it was announced. I was like, okay, great. But it's slowly over time. It's like like the fact that we hadn't heard anything from it in a long time. And it's Embracer. It's the, the development issues and Saber taking over. I'm like, oh, man, this is this. It's just going to slow death, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the unfortunate thing of the last big report we talked about with this one was when they brought it to PlayStation and, like, when they brought it to, like, the people at the table and went, hey, here's what we got so far. And apparently that meeting didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. Like, apparently everybody was like, ugh, like, this isn't shaping up the way we wanted it to shape up. And then, like, that was kind of the last we heard from um, what's going on internally at that ga- uh, with that game. Yep. And so, like, coming off of that and now getting to the place of where Embracer's at in 2023, where it is, hey, we're laying off a bunch of people, we're shutting down a bunch of projects, we are leaning up, and we are going to exploit Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that is our plan. <laughs> we exploit Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, you look at all that, and... Man, yeah, the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake seems like a pretty easy casualty to get caught up in this, right? And, like, it's that wild thing of when we talk about big IP and when we talk about where video games are at with um, how money gets gets spread around, right? Like, you look at the big IP and you would think— Star Wars, like Star Wars, is one that you, that's one that we keep around, right? Yeah. That's one that we want to double down on. But I especially think, we saw the Coder too. Yeah, like Coder, I think Coder, a PlayStation exclusive Coder, right? Like yeah. you're partnered with them. I think that is such a surefire bet of well, there's success here. This is going to mm-hmm. be something that does well. When you take that and you combine it with development issues, then I think it becomes a thing of. Ooh, all right, maybe this isn't a great idea. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because, like, in Canada, like, in Montreal, there's, like, basically, that's kind of, like, the main sort of mecca for for game development. And um, Embracer has, in Montreal, Eidos and Crystal Dynamics, and they kind of bought that from, from Square Enix West. Basically, Square Enix West kind of, like, was separated from Square Enix in general. And Square Enix basically still has, like, a West, like, in a UK studio. But, yeah, Eidos and, and, and Crystal Dynamics are basically still there. And I'm scared for them because I keep hearing, like, weird sort of rumblings and rumors of, like, Embracer doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And it, it seems to be that's kind of now kind of been seeing in other places, including this. It's like Embracer just is like, with, like, I did not realize that that Saudi deal, losing that, is such a huge thing for Embracer. It's like, uh, we ain't got no money no Dude, more. Well, it, it was the um, their financial call that they did, right? Yes. Where the, they yeah. got on stage and they talked about like a, mis- a mystery. Um, oh, that was the mystery deal. Sorry. That was, yeah, that yeah. was the mystery yeah. deal, right? And so that was them. The, the, the way they, they talked about it was like, this was an industry defining, like this yeah. was going to be everything for us. And you know, it fell. It fell through the the cracks of our fingers, right? Like it just it we it slipped between us, right? And like that, I mean, having a deal like that, and like having it be a deal with, again, like a, an entity that 
we look we look at everything that's going down with the savvy games thing, right? Yeah. And like it's so much of it is filled with dread because it is somebody in like a um, a company with a lot of money, right? Yeah. A country with a lot of money. Seems like it. I don't know. Wanting, <laughs> wanting to to invest in video games and wanting to you know go into that space and like now like they basically own SNK. They have a percentage of Nintendo. They have yeah. a percentage of so many of the companies that we know, right? And it is it feels like it is more of a Hey, we're doing this as a hobby more than anything because we got yeah. some money to blow. We want to invest in video games because, hey, like we like video games. So I, let's fucking spend it's some interesting money on too, it. Because I, I, from what I had heard from uh, from some folks is that Embracer is kind of more like a more a money company than necessarily a game development company. Like you got into games kind of in a way that's sort of like, oh, it makes money. Okay, we'll invest in buying some buying some studios. For because from what I had told was told, like when you know studios were being bought by Embracer, is like Embracer was gonna be kind of hands off. It's like you make the games, we'll just, you know, provide the money. And I guess uh, I don't know, it's like hedge investor funds, whatever, you know, dry up. It's you gotta get you gotta get rid of some of the fat. Now we gotta bought... get in there. Now we gotta like actually make the decisions to yeah. lean up and lay off and do all these things. They bit off more than they can chew, and and, and I'm like, wait, because how is THQ Nordic too? Like, because they were doing the same thing, and then we haven't well, heard this, really much about them for is, a while. This is THQ Nordic. Okay, so the Embracer did have THQ. Well, okay. THQ Nordic rebranded as, oh, Embracer. as Embracer. Okay, and I believe there's also another THQ Nordic that is under Embracer as well. That That's is so confusing. Why? It's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I don't know, and, and it's scared. I'm scared too because, like, Coder, like, I, I would love to be able to see a new generation be able to embrace, like, kind of like one of the best Star Wars games in my in my opinion. And it like, and I know that people were like, sort of like wanting it to be like not getting rid of like the turn based. Uh, uh, like act, like action and, and and here's the thing. Here's a side note. Let me go on a small rant for a second. I don't care who you are. Why do you have, like for those of you who have any issues with turn based games? Why? Why do you want to be able to like change it and, and like? Because I saw like someone like trying to tweet like it, like Baldur's Gate needs to change to an uh, to an action like a real time action game instead of a, a turn base. I'm like, listen, do you not know D D? Like, <laughs> here's the thing, right? I press square. When I press square, I want I want my character to do this. I want my character to start slashing. Oh no, bless you. I want to press too. I want to press square square triangle and do like a slash slash heavy slash. You know oh, what I no, mean? We lost or maybe the like dark side. Maybe bless. I press, oh, no. I press R1 God. or I press R, I hold R2 for like a chart. Bless, no, bless, no. Here's the th- you, you know what I mean? You just became no, a PC no. gamer. You got it. You, know, you got to be on our side, dude. I had my first uh, hit tweet because of uh, this whole uh, thing, Steve, which was oh. really weird. Because I, I, I tweeted this. I'm tired of the anti-turn-based uh, sentiment that's been growing the past few years. We all played Pokemon as kids grow up, which was more I saw that. Just, that was a good tweet. That was very good. It was just very tweet, uh, cheeky, like whatever. I don't like. I didn't really care. And then, like, I muted it because it was getting a lot of notifications, and I came back the next day. I had 15K likes. I was like, oh, Jesus. I don't like this attention. But, no. yeah, yeah. That, like, let turn-based be turn-based games. Exactly. I'm with it, you, Steve. So people, I'm hoping that maybe that was not Embracer sort of thing. We got to have an action. I'm like, okay. like it, it, we, we, need, we need turn-based coder back. For, for people in chat that think I'm serious, my favorite one of my favorite games is chess. All right? I like, <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like turn-based shit. We, like, uh, we both like Persona. Like, yeah, yeah we're, I'm I'm like, a big, yeah. I love Persona 4 and Persona 5, right? I'm, it's, I'm, it's Greg's PC bit, but, you know, Bless doesn't, you know. But, like, listen, but how cool would it be, right? <laughs> stop it, stop it. How cool would it be if you're playing Pokemon and like you're a Charizard, right? You press triangle and fucking fire blast. And then you press square and you do a flamethrower. And then you press circle and he does like a dash and you can dodge Squirtle's water gun. Bless, we are not making Pokemon into a Souls-like game, all right? <laughs> just, just cut it, just stop it, just stop it. Listen, what if you were playing chess, right? And like you're the queen and you press triangle and you brought up a shotgun. Let me tell you about this game called Shotgun King, all right? Um, <laughs> 
But no, I mean, it's that I. I understand the the idea of preference, though. You know, yeah. I don't think like I'm not somebody who's like turn-based games suck because they're turn-based, right? It's like no, right. video games have their own mechanics. Like things should operate the way they want to. But like, I definitely understand the idea of not being able to get into Baldur's Gate because it's turn-based. But also, that just means Baldur's, Baldur's Gate probably isn't for you, right? Yeah, you don't right. don't, don't be like they they should uh, completely change the fabric of their game so it can appeal to me uh, because I I don't like turn-based, you know? Yeah, and yeah. if you want, and especially even with with Star Wars, if you want a good like action Star Wars, you play the Jedi series. Come on. Exactly. Let, let people play Coder the way they want to play Coder back in the day. Yeah. So speaking of where do we go from here with Coder, right? Uh, Jake Rocks 007 writes in to katafunny.com slash KFGD just like you can and says, with KOTOR remake from Aspire being from what it looks like canceled but still being a huge IP, who do you believe Disney will go to uh, make who do you think Disney will go to next to make this remake? Who is your dream studio to make it? And do you believe PlayStation will keep the exclusive rights or will Xbox pursue it with all the bad press they got for not originally securing it? This is a fascinating one mm, because yeah. for that last question, I think there are so many moving parts to who is talking to who yeah. for like this remake getting made, right? Is it a PlayStation and Disney thing, and then like they approach Aspire, uh, Embracer slash Aspire as a third party and go, "Hey, can you make this for us?" Or like, you know, where do, where does this begin and where does this end? I would imagine that if this game, if the Aspire version of this ends up getting canceled, mm-hmm. well, let's say Embracer, because it seems like the Aspire version is already canceled. Right. If Embracer Group is not making this game anymore because they need to keep exploding Lord of the Rings, right? Um, is it on PlayStation to go? All right, we're going to approach somebody else, right? Or is it on Disney to go, all right, let's renegotiate what this deal is with this game? All of that, I think, is up in the air. We don't really know. I think, yeah, I think so, because it's like, it depends on, okay, what the Disney deal was that exclusive to just PlayStation, and then PlayStation was the one who decided what studio to work with. Or is it that Disney can basically, it doesn't have to be a PlayStation exclusive. It could be like an Xbox. I mean, I don't know. Heck, like a Nintendo. I don't, that's a weird one. But I don't know. Yeah, I guess it really just depends on what that deal is. If it is a, a PlayStation exclusive, you know, I, this, is, this is a crazy, crazy thought. Crazy thought. Hit me. With I it. mean, we're, we're coming off, we're coming off the thoughts. success of one of like the, the the best sort of like RPGs, not the most success, accessible. We'll get into we'll get to that maybe a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But imagine Alarian Studios. Ooh, see, that was in my my mental shortlist. Yeah, Alarian Studios, uh, Kotor. That would be possibly one of the greatest games. Because I mean, they've been in the fantasy realm for a long time. I would love to see what they could be able to do for like for a sci-fi and especially something as big of an IP as Star Wars. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that would be such a slam dunk. I. See, and I guess, you know, I was going to say, like, would that speak as a PlayStation console game? But I guess Baldur's Gate 3 seems to be doing pretty well yeah. on console as far as I can gather. And so, like, and also, you know, it seems the KOTOR remake was also coming to PC. And so you have yep. that audience there, too, that you can also cater to. True. And so I think I think that would be such a slam dunk. I would love it if, I don't know how Larian works, if they are a the kind of studio that could split into multiple teams because I'm sure I'm sure they want to do the next Divinity Original Sin as well, right? I'm sure they want to do the next Baldur's Gate. Would they be able to work on multiple things at the same time? I don't um, know. I mean, that's 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 the the, the million dollar question. It's like, could yeah. they be able to could be able to do it? Um, I mean, or if they are like, you know what, we kind of want to get out of fantasy for a bit and try something new, and Coder might be might be the one to do it. Uh, See, I the, mean, the, it, 
like Bioware basically like pro, like I, as much as I would love it for to be able to go to go back and redo it, I don't think that they're at a position that they could. So no, because Bioware also they ha- they have their next two titles already announced. Exactly, they're doing yeah. the next Mass Effect and they're doing the next Dragon Age. And I honestly, I want to see them prove themselves with their next couple of games before yes. they go to Kotor because the last yeah. few Bioware games haven't hit all the way. And so I want to get kind of see them get that footing back and then maybe then go back to uh, doing Kotor. One I'll throw out um, on the PlayStation exclusive side would be Blue Point. Blue Point would be good. Yeah. yeah. Blue Point knows how to do a remake. And that was for me one of my um, trepidations when it comes when it came to Aspire. Aspire, we know for like doing general ports and remasters. Like Aspire hasn't yeah. really done a big name um, remake in the way that we would want a Kotor remake to be. And so Blue Point has done that with Shadow. They have done that with Demon Souls. And I think we've, we're only seeing them veer into like more and more complex style games, right? Like Shadow Colossus as a remake is like Shadow Colossus, work of art, masterpiece, one of my favorite games yep. ever. Yep. I, I could see how a studio that is like coming in as a third party and remaking this thing could like nail that because I think it's a smaller scale title compared to like even a Demon Souls. I think yeah. you get to Demon Souls and it is, all right, there's a bit more like work that needs to be put into this. I think Kotor is the next step of we're only getting deeper and deeper and more complex as we go. And I think I think they could nail that based on their trajectory. Potentially. I mean, yeah, it, it also kind of like uh, it depends on, again, it's like, is it a PlayStation uh, exclusive too? Because I'm now thinking even on like, say, if it's not, and it could be on the Xbox side, imagine like an Obsidian or Bethesda, uh, like mm. the, the run coder. Like, is that, I mean, they... They know RPGs, and they know, and also Obsidian knows sci-fi RPGs too. And now uh, with uh, Bethesda with Starfield too. So I think it's like it's potential. But I had a question though: Has Blue Point actually announced what they're working on, or are we no. still speculating on what they're working? on? We're still speculating. I think oh the God. last. How long has it been? There was like there was Bloodborne no... remake any day now. We're gonna. Get, <laughs> we're never gonna you guys get have been saying that forever. <laughs> the um the last thing we heard was that they're working on some like original original content. Original content. Original content, <laughs> which literally could mean anything. Um, and so right now, I, I think it's, it's just impossible to speculate. You know, I would hope that they're making a, well, I guess the hope before was like Metal Gear Solid or Metal Gear Solid 3, but that was announced Ooh, and that's right. not them. Yeah. Right. That's Konami and that's, um, uh, what, what are they called? Um, a virtuous, virtuous studio oh, that's working on that. Right. Yeah. That weird name that they kind of announced like, oh yeah, no, we're working on it. Like, yeah. I think, <laughs> that weird tweet was weird. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of contenders for who could work on a KOTOR remake and actually make it a banger. The question is, who has the bandwidth? <laughs> like, exactly. Who, who has the time to take it on? Because that's a big project, and all the names you mentioned probably are already working on their own big projects. And so Potentially, yeah. And it's like I know probably some folks are probably thinking, well, we'll just, you know, give it to Respawn. It's like they know how to make good Star Wars games. Like they're already working on another Star Wars game. So yeah. we don't need another another thing on their plate. Or, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Who knows? Maybe the EA's reputation with Disney has kind of improved, and they could be like, "Hey, EA, choose one of your studios." And yeah. You'll make it. But again, if thing. EA is going to choose a studio, I think it'd be Bioware, right? And again, Bioware is working on those two other games. It's tough. Yeah. It's like a tough thing to balance. I, if I had a guess, I think this game would get canceled. I don't. I don't know if we're going to see a Kotor remake, which is sad. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably with you. It's like as much I would love to be able to see like a studio be able to pick it up, but if they're already like deleting tweets and this is like this doesn't look like it's going to happen. It's probably going to be like silently canceled, and or yeah. now that it's out there, probably they'll have to make a public. I wouldn't, thing be, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, like it, if soon we yeah. get the public cancellation of Kotor. It sounds so aggressive because of, of what the word cancel means now, but like I would right. be surprised if that happens soon based yeah. on PlayStation delisting the um, like the YouTube uh, or the videos and deleting yeah. the tweets. Hey, hey, we'll see.
Story number two. Epic says Fall Guys remains a priority after Media Tonic, uh, at Media Tonic after reports of widespread layoffs. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Epic Games has said Mediatonic's work on Fall Guys remains a company priority, following reports that the UK studio had been hit hard by layoffs. Fortnite maker Epic confirmed on Thursday that it planned to lay off around 830 employees, or 16% of its total workforce. Mediatonic, which was acquired by Epic in 2021 and employed some 300 developers, was hit very hard by the layoffs, according to Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, who broke the news of mass cuts at Epic ahead of the company's official announcement. Some reports initially claimed that the entire Mediatonic team was being laid off, but Epic denied this in a statement to VGC. Quote, this is false, a spokesperson said. Mediatonic's work on Fall Guys continues to be a company priority, end quote. Then why lay off pretty much majority of their employees? <laughs> if it's a priority, what, like, what the hell? <laughs> Do you, know, do you know what's so funny is that right before the, this— Here's the thing. The IP is important to them. The people, oh, that's no. why. It's a no. priority. Yeah. What's no, no, funny no, no. is that right before this, we were talking about how uh, you and Barrett, like, are voice twins. <laughs> and I could have sworn that that was Barrett <laughs> at first when you first opened your mouth. <laughs> like, the, there was a video delay that was, like, just enough for me where, like, I didn't see you talk. And I was like, oh, yeah, surely that's Barrett talking. Yeah. <laughs> that it's, was it, insane. It's, it's Steve and then H. John Benjamin that I get all the time. It, that, that's uh, that's what we. I don't know who's talking right now. I don't know who's talking. <laughs> I had to. I had to. It's great. It's great. Good job, Steve. Love oh, you, Barrett. Man. God dang. Um, yeah. No. It, it's. Yeah. It, they, that's damage control one thousand percent. Like, oh, it's a company priority, especially with like majority of that studio being laid off and only a couple of people basically left at Mediatonic, which is sad because it's like one of Epic's sort of like biggest wins was purchasing of Mediatonic and having that huge sort of hit with Fall Guys. And and it just seems that, like, at least all of what they've been Mediatonic has been doing over the past little bit, like, even with, obviously, they had a big drop-off since the pandemic. You know, not a lot of people were playing it as much, but they were adding a bunch of new cool stuff for the community, like the creator mode and being able to ha have people create their own courses and stuff like that. And who knows what, like, what that support's going to be like, like uh, in the future now that pretty much majority was gone. And, it, it like, it sucks. Like, yesterday, I kept getting, like, messages. I had a few friends who were part of the layoffs at, at Epic, and it's including some in the accessibility space, which I was very, very upset by. And it sucks. And yeah. I don't know. It, it, layoffs suck, and it's a it's a, it, and let me go small right here. It's it's a bullshit tactic. It, like mm -hmm. Tim Sweeney makes what <laughs> like millions of dollars, and 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 the thing that I like because I saw something early, even earlier today. It's like. Uh, Nintendo, their execs at one point had dropped their, you know, their salaries just in, so in order to be able to keep layoffs. Like, why, like, why can't, like, Epic do this? And I know it's, like, it's capitalism, whatever, but it's bullshit and it's 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 terrible because and especially with that you guys brought up that article yesterday from uh, from the gamer I think it was about like it's the worst year in, uh, yeah. in 2023 for gaming and as much as all these games are coming out this year and all these bangers of of, of games that people are loving and playing it has been the worst year for game devs like being on the game dev side. I have seen the, the the stress and the anxiety and the like. You never know from a day to day uh, basis whether or not you're gonna log into Slack and you just don't have access anymore. It's it like it, some I know some fro some folks and some friends are like they log into Slack and like today could be the day and they just have no idea. And with so like thousands of people being laid off, the whole Unity thing and it's just. 
it, it's it's terrible for video co- game content creators when considering that during the whole pandemic, video games made more money. They were so the only medium that made money out of the entire pandemic. And as a cost saving measure, like they decide, like the, the first thing that they decide to do is, you know, well, let's just do a bunch of layoffs. And this like is this the biggest that we've had this year of, of, of the amount of layoffs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah for like, sure. It's. 830 employees is why is like I don't recall ever seeing that number before when we talk right. about layoffs in the video games industry right like I and, and the fact that I mean Steve you nailed it on the head right the fact that you we are coming off of an era where video games saw a trajectory and growth greater than ever before because yep. of the pandemic because we were, were staying at home because um, you know like people went to video games as their like comfort yeah right? like Video games made so much money, let alone new console releases and all yep. that stuff. You know, yep. like video games have made so much money in the last few years. Fortnite has made so much money yes. in the last six years, right? And like, all right, cool. That results in laying off 16% of your total workforce. Yeah. You know, and again, that's me just talking about Fortnite, not even bringing in the Unreal Engine into it, right? Not even bringing in Epic Game Store and right. how much money you make across all of these things. Um, and what was it that Tim had said in, in his in his like apology letter, quote unquote, where he was like, oh yeah, that Fortnite create didn't really, you know, bring in the mo- amount of money that we were hoping for. It's like, like you you have like and then oh yeah and it's oh then they said like oh the metaverse was like that we tried you know was was not exactly you know the greatest idea it's like basically they're saying it's like oops are bad but it's, it's, you're the one that basically deals the brunt of it that's the thing is like when it when when the failure is on these is on the big creative direction that you're taking right and like but when you're when your failure is on what the bulk of these people getting laid off have yeah. nothing to do with right they're just there to like see oversee or to see through your vision right they're there to like Make sure that, like, hey, you at the top are wanting to make a metaverse happen. All right, cool. I guess my job is to see through your vision, right? And, like, yep. the fact that they're the one that see the, the brunt of the consequence because now they don't have a job. Like, there should be things in place. There should be plan Bs in place of, hey, we're taking a risk on the metaverse. What happens if and when this doesn't work out for us, right? Like, yeah. How do how 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 do we make sure that people that we don't lose sixteen percent of our workforce through this? That seems very foolish to me that you would put all your eggs in that basket and go, yeah, the risk <laughs> the risk of laying off eight, over eight hundred people is worth it. Exactly, That's insane just, to me. just to save a decimal point in its spreadsheet somewhere. So, I mean, like I, I know again, you know, kind of funny have your like your own, your own epic creator code, but I'm just gonna say, of this. course, yeah, fuck Tim Sweeney. Just saying that. I'm just gonna say it. Fuck Tim Sweeney. And also, Barrett did bring up that um, it's, it's not millions. Oh, it's, uh, it's yeah. Millions. He's worth nine point <laughs> six billion. That's uh, come on, know. lose a billion. Like what? <laughs> just take a billion. It's Give not it back. Even, it wouldn't even be a billion to like have the money to secure uh, to keep a job security for all of those people. Exactly. Like, for not only just like like all of the employees that they just laid off, but like keep them employed for a couple years. Yeah. Like that is. Oh, it, it, it sucks. Tim Sweeney it, can misplace a billion and not even realize it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, let's be real. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like this. And then plus also like companies are now in like uh, in a hiring freeze. Like I'll say even just on the accessibility side for consulting, there's been a lot of uh, uh, like uncertainty for me this year, like being able to like land like consulting gigs because everyone is in like a, oh, we need to, you know, tighten up and save money so, uh, like as, as much as we can and stuff like that. I'm like, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. I tell you, man, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. You know what doesn't suck? No. The fact what? that you can help us at Kind of Funny 
have job security <laughs> by using that epic creator code but also going to kindoffunny.com slash patreon or patreon.com slash kindoffunny over on patreon.com slash kindoffunny you can go you can get exclusive shows like the kindoffunny next gen podcast like kindoffunny and like so much more but you can go there and you can also get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you burn your last piece of toast? Have the avocados gone bad? Is the hot sauce bottle empty? You can try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. You already know how much all of us here at Kind of Funny love DoorDash, but with thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. You want even more value? You can save on all of your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutes right in the app and best-in-class customer support, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code KINDA at checkout. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtitle, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code KINDA. Don't forget, that's code KINDA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. This episode's brought to you by Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Every purchase supports the Shady Rays Impact Program, which works directly with nonprofits and their communities to empower and make adventure accessible for all walks of life. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code KINDAFUNNY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. You can try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, that's shadyrays.com. Use the code kinda funny. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. And it has surprised multiple of my friends and people at Kind of Funny how many subscriptions they have that they forgot they are still paying for. That's why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money. It's so easy to cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. Rocket Money can even negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bills and Rocket Money will take care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash Kind of funny. One more time, rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Steve, mm-hmm. have you here on a perfect day. Okay. Story yeah. number three, we get to talk about accessibility. All right, specifically yeah. Spider-Man Two accessibility. But before we even get to the story, we didn't. I didn't like take a time, uh, take a second at the beginning of the show to like talk to you about you and what you've been up to. Oh, so Steve, what you been up to lately? Uh, yeah. So I've. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the you know the the, the softball sort of a segue, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually. Uh, it, this year again, like I mentioned, it's like you know not being able to do a lot of sort of accessibility gigs, which is you know great. Like I'm, I, I've been doing fi- like fine that way. And last year was a past few years has been uh, really great for me, uh, like just in ge- and content creation in general. But I figured like I I need to sort of like take a bit of a risk and try to be able to do some new stuff. And there's been some things I've been wanting to be able to do, but just have not had the resources to do it. And so uh, I actually this week I started up my own Patreon. Oh uh, yeah. So so uh, if you uh, like, if you go to Patreon.com/slash Steve Sailor, and uh, I basically I've been doing some cool stuff there. Where basically I, I've been doing, I'm going to be doing like a biweekly uh, newsletter, talking about sort of just thoughts about uh, the accessibility in the community. I'm going to be doing sort of like a a, a, a a biweekly vlog, maybe a little bit more, like kind of like a, a Greg way sort of uh, deal, because uh, I've been wanting to be able to get into Magic the Gathering, and so I was just like, I'm, I feel like that's oh. kind of a great way to be able to uh, try that out. And then I've also been wanting to be able to do more reviews, uh, but I wanted to know kind of like what games people wanted me to be able to review so I figure I'll like it's a patron voted game they decide on what game I, I get to play and they get to sort of see the entire review process of how I go through uh, reviewing games for accessibility and they'll see all my notes all my first impressions and uh, maybe some live streams here and there and then basically the uh, once a month we'll have like a, a rev- uh, an accessibility game review that'll go up on my on my YouTube channel uh, and they get early access for stuff and then also if anyone needs to be able to have cons- like accessibility consulting they can be able to you know hire me for like a, a one-on-one 30-minute session and uh, talk about accessibility and stuff like that. So, and and there's you know some other stuff in the works, maybe some TRPG stuff or some podcasting stuff I kind of want to do. So, um, yeah, just basically allow me to be able to do more in the accessibility space, uh, but you know uh, also be able to get you know have a roof over my head too. So uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, Patreon.com/slash/DeSailor. I would appreciate awesome. you check that. Uh, and one more time, where can people follow you on Twitter if they wanted to follow your work? Uh, Steve Saylor, pretty much. Steve Saylor, pretty much everywhere, including like you know, Blue Sky Threads, uh, all that. Where, wherever we decide all the land after you know Twitter, uh, and then uh, and also on YouTube as well, and then uh, Twitch and TikTok, uh, Blind Gamer Steve. There you go. Is that a link tree? What is this? <laughs> what's a link tree? What I don't know. What's going uh, Bear's on? brought up the uh, thing on the stream. Um, It'll oh, look- is it my is it my my link of all the stuff I got? Yeah, it's a, it's really fancy. It's I was really gonna say it's the fanciest looking link tree I've ever seen in my it's, life. It's actually my own website. So oh, oh it's your website. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, sweet. All right, let's get into story number three. Marvel Spider-Man Two accessibility features have been detailed by PlayStation. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. 
PlayStation has detailed the wealth of accessibility features coming to Marvel's Spider-Man 2 at launch on October 20th. Revealed on the PlayStation blog, Insomniac Games' advanced senior UX re researcher Michelle Zarilla outlined the new and returning features intended to let as many people as possible play the game. Accessibility design researcher Sam Schaefel also took to the PlayStation blog to explain how the PlayStation Access Controller can be used effectively with Spider-Man 2. Alongside the previously revealed ability to slow down gameplay, Insomniac has also added shortcuts that allow players to assign a variety of options to the left or right D-pad buttons. Level modifiers take difficulty options one step further, letting players individually customize each gameplay element, such as enemy health, enemy damage, stealth awareness, puzzle complexity, parry timing, and more. Other gameplay assists look to make other parts of Spider-Man 2 more accessible, such as the chase assist, which returns to reduce the speed of targets and increase how long players have before they escape, amongst other features. QuickTime Event Autocomplete also looks to reduce motor fatigue by changing repeated button presses from taps to hold uh, and more. Audio frequency controls will also allow players to disable uncomfortable sounds like high-pitched ringing with high-frequency cutoff, the base of an explosion with low-frequency cutoff, or modify things further with a custom setting. Insomniac also has plans to add more accessibility features like audio descriptions, a screen reader, and captions, but these won't be able, or sorry, these won't be available at launch and will instead arrive in a free update in December. Steve, yes. as the accessibility expert in my life, how do you take to this stuff? I know PlayStation's been doing a good job of evolving their accessibility stuff over the years. How would you describe the state of PlayStation first party, party accessibility nowadays? I would say it's in a very good spot. I mean, with accessibility, like, there's a kind of a difference, uh, the uh, approaches, the where, depending on where you are. Like, Xbox, they have a lot of uh, accessibility as part of their culture. Uh, it's just it hasn't yet to be able to can be kind of translated into uh, some of their games, but a lot of their games kind of had been started prior to having accessibility as part of that culture, whereas PlayStation, it's kind of been on a studio-by-studio studio basis, and with them having the huge success of The Last of Us 2, PlayStation definitely saw not only the, the financial benefits, but also the benefits for players in general to be able to include more accessibility, and Insomniac has actually have been killing it with accessibility. ever since, like Even going back to before even the Spider-Man remastered version came out, like the original Spider-Man in 2018 actually had some uh, accessibility in there that we had not seen before. Actually, the, the being able to complete QuickTime uh, uh, events, mm -hmm. um, have that all complete that was back in 2018 and they've only been improving since then um, including adding a ton of accessibility into Miles Morales that they eventually were able to add like they're also able to add in to remastered and then they improved it even further with Ratchet and Clank like some of the like the game speed option that's going to be in Spider-Man 2 um, is actually from Ratchet and Clank because and that was sort of a big sort of hit for them uh, because you can be able to turn that on uh, as you can be able to like when you go into combat and you can be able to set the speed of that uh, of the game from like a 70 to a 30 to a, or 70 to 50 to a 30 percent and you can be able to do that here in, in spider-man 2 as well so each time that the, each, each new game that insomniac has been has been uh doing they've been increasing and adding more accessibility as they go um and also you mentioned they're like a, a sam sheffel uh he He's the I, I he's not on social media except on LinkedIn and I and I wish he was because he needs the biggest kudos you could be able to get in this industry because Sam worked on The Last of Us 2 at Naughty Dog. He was like one like one of the biggest proponents for accessibility at Naughty Dog. One of the early proponents for accessibility at Naughty Dog. Won a game award for it. He then moved to Sony Santa Monica, worked on God of War Ragnarok, 
and also got an award, a game award for it. And now he's at Insomniac working on Spider-Man 2. And I'm just like, he has been moving from studio to studio and absolutely killing it for accessibility. That's awesome. And it's so great to be able to see like now that kind of being paid off. Now, there is a caveat to that. With all these accessibility that's going to be in Spider-Man 2, unfortunately, with them saying that they are going to be doing a later update for uh, audio descriptions and a screen reader and full captions, that does mean that disabled players can't play the game until two months after launch, um, which is, I mean, this is the first time that PlayStation has actually been transparent of what uh, of what they're not going to have available at launch, but it is coming, and they've actually given a date because we were also um, earlier this year with uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. They did promise that they were going to do uh, a, a scr- have a screen reader in the game, and they were going to have that as a future update, but that has yet to be put out. Mm. Obviously, because, you know, they have had to fix all the PC issues that they've had. So that's been kind of, you know, deprioritized a little bit. But to see that at least PlayStation is acknowledging, okay, it's not going to be available at launch. But in December, it's going to be available as a free update. That does give hope. But I hope that it doesn't get delayed. Um, because if it, if it gets delayed, then that just means that more disabled players won't be able to play. And that's the thing. Like, uh, audio description, screen reader, and, and, and full captions are things that are super critical for uh, for players. Uh, audio descriptions and obviously screen reader, for sure, for blind players, um, because obviously not being able to know what's, what's going on uh, in a game and, and there's no description for it or no screen reader, like how the heck are blind players supposed to be able to play, even with all the other low, uh, low vision and blind accessibility they have in there. But full captions as well, that also affects deaf and hard of hearing players. And there might be some folks that are like, wait, what's the difference between captions and subtitles? Subtitles is just for dialogue. Full captions is stuff like sound effects and mm-hmm. like if a character sighs, uh, in, uh, that, that kind of like sound effect can be able to come up. And actually, like, they, and that's like they have been really good with that, too, because even in Miles Morales, um, there, I can't remember the character's name, but there is a, a deaf uh, NPC, yes. that, art, that artist. And what's cool is they actually had a, uh, like if you played it, Obviously, you have subtitles for when they're basically uh, when they're uh, translating in ASL, but they actually also had recorded uh, ASL di- like that AS- that those subtitles as dialogue as narrated dialogue, and they actually hired a deaf actor to record those lines too. So it was like it's it's. It's great that they're working on a bunch of stuff. It's like it sucks that this is not available at launch, and I don't know. It's I, I actually will be reviewing it. I did get a code yesterday, uh, so I will be also reviewing it for accessibility. Um, so we'll definitely get my full thoughts. Uh, was it the 16th? I think is when it, uh, the, the embargo right. comes yeah. out. Um, so I'll, I'll have my full thoughts on my uh, on my YouTube channel after that. But um, it, it's it's both good and bad. I'm excited for this. Insomniac just kills it for accessibility, but it just sucks that these things are not available for uh, for launch. Really quick, uh, the character is Haley from Haley. Uh, Miles Morales, and the actress is Natasha Ophelia. Uh, nice. So shout out! And to, I think she comes. She's coming them. back, in, in, from what I heard. Uh, oh, nice! Like because there is an option in there for ASL uh, narration. I did see that from the from the article too. So sick! Yeah. I want to bring in a question from Jason Neon Mira, who writes into kindoffunny.com slash KHD and says, Good day from Sydney, Australia. As an assistive technology specialist working with those who are vision impaired, I've always been a champion of accessibility in games. Since I have a lot of clients who are young and would like to play games like their friends do, I'm always on the lookout for accessible games that can help my clients. AAA games such as 1-2-Switch, which Steve recommended last time, mm-hmm. The Last of Us, God of War, and smaller indie games with, with voiceover on the iPhone, like A Dark Room and A Blind legend are some of the games i recommend to my clients 
What games released in 2023 have the best accessibility features, and what accessibility features should be standard in all games? I think things like a larger cursor for point-and-click games, increased contrast for text, and adjustable font sizes should be standard, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you for all being amazing people and producing great content. Honestly, last year has been rough for me, and listening to KF content has always helped put a smile on my face every single day. Steve, I love the work you do in the accessibility space when it comes to video games, and I aspire to be an awesome human being just like you. With love, Aww. Jason. Jason's a homie. He's he, he's a great dude. Um, nice writing. Yeah. Um, but to answer his question as far as, like, the good thing is actually – because I'm I'm on the jury, uh, the nomination jury, every, like every year for for the game awards, and we basically get to help to sort of decide what games to nominate for the Innovation and Accessibility Award each year, and it, I've I've been noticing that over the past few years since they've been doing it, at first it was a struggle just to try to be able to have like to fill the category of five games, like we like when the first one came, uh, the category uh, was announced, the The Last of Us two won, and obviously you know that was deservedly the winner of that year, but it was a struggle trying to be able to find other games to be able to fill that category. Um, and e but each year has been sort of has been improving where the next year after that it was like okay we got a good five games to be able to no like nominate and then last year it was like maybe okay maybe one or two didn't really make the, the nomination list it's sort of like a oh well let's see actually what makes it this year is the first year I have no clue what's going to be in the top five because they've actually there's been some really great games for accessibility this year that uh, have been fantastic like uh, going back earlier in the year uh, Dead Space with their content uh, like uh, content uh, warnings uh, being able to like blur any of like uh, uh, any gore or any like specific situations um, and having those warnings of like, hey, this scene coming up is going to have this in it is that's a big sort of innovation in, in, in accessibility. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor was like a big improvement over Jedi, uh, Jedi Fallen Order as far as accessibility is concerned. Um, and then we've had some like amazing like. Like Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat One is the most accessible like accessible game for blind players I have ever seen. It has really, yeah. The audio descriptions in that, bless. Let me tell you, if you've heard the audio descriptions for the fatalities in Mortal Kombat, oh, 1, you know what? I did. I did see one on TikTok. <laughs> it is it, like it is just as brutal as the actual fatalities themselves. Yeah. And it's great because like the voice is very much like. Right and snaps the spine out of Kung Lao's. It's so cold. <laughs> Pulls it through the, his body and then restabs him in the chest with his own spine. It's like whoa. <laughs> I know. I know. Calm down. <laughs> like, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, and so and then that they also have like a, a full screen reader. They have uh, audio cues for every single attack and including like wh like how close you are to your opponent on the, on each map and how far you are to each edge of the uh, of the of the stage. Like it is by far like, and it also it basically gives you all the information you need so that you could still learn to be able to play like the game yourself because a lot of times some people think that accessibility is kind of like set to like an easy mode or it's like a very on rails experience but this is like it's giving you all the information that you need to be able to get better to be able to practice and get and be able to do really well in in that game that and also the same thing with uh, Forza coming up um, they have an uh, they have a new uh, accessibility mode called blind drive assist where they have audio cues for no letting you know where you are on uh, on like close to the edge of the track or not uh, on and also like when you're going in like uh, there's an IQ for going into a turn coming into an apex of a turn and getting out of a turn when to deaccelerate also what the, the gives an uh, audio voiceover of like what turns coming up and which like turn left or right or the severity of that turn like it gives you all That's the awesome. information to be able to not only be able to race but also be able to compete and uh, I have a video on my YouTube channel where I actually like won a race just from blind drive assist alone um, so that is going to be a big contender for, for sure spider-man 2 is going to be a big contender for uh, 
accessible game of the year. Like it is, and Assassin's Creed Mirage, Ubisoft always kills it when it comes to accessibility. So we're 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 eating really well for uh, for yeah. accessibility in 2023, which is great. Love that. And then yeah, for the one more thing with Jason's question, right? Like, was there? Well, can you give me one or two accessibility features that you think should be standard in all games? It's it's difficult to, to sort of describe standards because every game is different and everyone tries to be able to have their games different than anything else. Um, because and, and I say like, oh yeah, it would, you'd be sort of a given that, oh yeah, subtitles will kind of be a standard. But if, say, your game doesn't have any dialogue, does it really need any subtitles? So it, it's stuff like that. I would say probably the biggest one that I'm always a big proponent for is text size. I still don't understand how or why that's an aesthetic and that people can actually be able to read some of the text size that is in games today, especially in 2023, and especially as people want to be able to play games on a Steam Deck or on a, on a Switch or just on cloud gaming in general. And if we want to be able to, like, you know, move forward, we're going to have to have sort of like an adaptive uh, like screen size or at least text size that will adapt to basically whatever screen you're on. So that only blend benefits like blind low vision players, but that can benefit everybody. I mean, bless how many like how many times you probably play Baldur's Gate and realize like that that's that text is really small, like playing out on the Steam Deck or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like it's I don't know why, like and, and, and I will even say this with Starfield. I did not realize when Todd Howard came on the X-Cast and said that they would have big font mode, that's the only accessibility feature that they had. Oh, man. Yeah. And I, was, and I found out – so here's a, here's a side thing. I found out the reason why they, they added that and the reason why you mentioned that was because of all the complaints from the direct. Because I complained about it and a few other folks complained about the text size. Mm -hmm. They decided to do that then. Dang. Yeah. So – yeah, I would say tech size is standard. Yeah. yeah. You'd hope uh, that, like, <laughs> now that they're a bit more integrated with Xbox, right, you talk about the culture and how, like, you know, sure. Xbox kind of has the culture, right? And, like, I think PlayStation has the, um, like, that ecosystem going with the way that those studios collaborate and the yep. way that, uh, I forget the name of the dude, Sheffle. Sam <laughs> Sheffle. Sam, Sam Sheffle, yeah. Sam Sheffle apparently is just, like, fucking, like, <laughs> going from studio to studio <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd hope that, like, by the time, like, you'd hope that now that Bethesda has been under Xbox for long enough, it's, like, Hey, this has to become more of a standard because as yes. Xbox, we want to be able to do this, right? And so hopefully that comes in an update. Hopefully you see that happen, but it sucks that at launch they weren't able to make that stuff happen. It's one of those, it's like it definitely is like, yeah, people will say, Well, why is it's Xbox? Like, why can't like you know Bethesda be able to actually be able to do anything for accessibility? And it's it really comes down to the still the studio. Like, if they are not in, invested in accessibility, then there's not much that Xbox can be able to like they don't want to force accessibility into into games because mm -hmm. then that sort of basically promotes that, okay, we'll just do a checklist of and then that's it. There's no innovation there. So yeah. I would love to be able to see Bethesda be able to do more, uh, especially like I would love to be able to play a good like Indiana Jones game. I'd love to be able to play Elder Scrolls Six. Never, I can't play any Elder Scrolls games because of the lack of accessibility. Indiana and Jones gets ran over by giant boulders. <laughs> As blood splatters on the wall. I mean, you, you joke, but I'm like, like I, I was like, yeah, like I love it, dude. I remember like the first time where it was, I was watching Kingsman um, back oh. in the day, and like they had that thing. And, like me and my friends discovered it on accident. We we're like, what's yep. this? And like we started it, and we we're like. This is incredible. I would say <laughs> it's like, incredible. oh yeah, it's. It, it would say it's great. And 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 here's the thing too: audio descriptions has been around for quite a while. Like, if yeah. you if you go watch like Ahsoka with an audio description, yeah. Oh yeah, it's good. It's That's good. awesome. Yeah. All right. Story number four. Speaking about those little turtle freaks pop out to lead, uh, <laughs> lead Sabine Wren to their little village where they are, where there's little baby turtle freaks. And Ezra with his blindingly bright blue eyes. <laughs> it's live action this time. Yeah. Uh, story number four. <laughs> I got a real good laugh out of Barrett. 
<laughs> Bethesda Surprise launched the Elder Scrolls Castles. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Bethesda Shadow dropped a new mobile game set in the Elder Scrolls universe. Available in early access for Android, the Elder Scrolls Castles appears to be a Fallout Shelter-style simulation game. Quote, from Bethesda Game Studios, the award-winning developer behind Skyrim and Fallout Shelter comes The Elder Scrolls Castles, a new mobile game that puts you in control of your very own castle and dynasty. Reads the game's Google Play store listing. Barry, I just realized that like this was one that probably could have used the trailer uh, in the background. So if you're able to, to search that up, I'd, be, I'd appreciate that. Uh, quote, oversee your subjects as the years come and go, uh, families grow, and new rulers take the throne, end quote. Bethesda's previous mobile releases include 2015's construction and management sim Fallout Shelter, 2017's digital card game The Elder Scrolls Legends, and 2019's RPG The Elder Scrolls Blades, all of which are free to play. Bethesda's Todd Howard revealed last December that the studio was working on an unannounced mobile game uh, in an interview with Lex, the Lex Friedman podcast, which I feel like we've been referencing this interview <laughs> forever. Like, God dang. Uh, Todd Howard said he was in love with the mystery project. While not revealing specific details about the game, Howard suggested it would target younger players comfortable using mobile devices for relatively lengthy play sessions. Uh, Barrett, thank you so much. Shout out to you for getting this. Um, it looks cool. Yeah, it looks neat. I, I, not gonna lie, I actually when I read the, the, the title this morning, I thought this was the the Blades game. I was like, wait, didn't we already have this already? <laughs> it Dude, just hadn't come out yet. So, I, like, what happened with the Blades game? Because I remember I seeing the reveal for it and being, oh man, I was like, this looks cool. And then years didn't it passed. Come out? It, I, I was saying, like, it, did. did it Shadow Drop or something? I had no idea. I, I just completely missed it. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know. Do people like Blades? Chat is Blades good? Let me know. Elder Scrolls Blades? Is that what I'm looking at? Elder Scrolls Blades. Ari D Cooper. That says Blade was, Blades was awful with like eight W's. Yeah. <laughs> People are saying no. Blade, oh my Jesus says Blades, Blades came out in 2019. 2019? J6 says God. Blades is lame. No, hold on, hold on. 2020. 2020. Oh, Real okay. Bad. So pandemic. All right. Okay. That's probably oh, why. Alex1342 says it's fun. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. That's you know. one out of like 10 people. So far. <laughs> it came out on May 12th, 2020 on Android and iOS, and then May 14th, 2020 on the Nintendo Switch. Huh. Uh okay. Well, we were all still in uh, in Animal Crossing time, so I can see why people, you know, forgot about that one. Yeah, I I mean, this seems fun for the people that liked Fallout Shelter, or the people that are more into Elder Scrolls that want that kind of game. Um, and so yeah, like I'm 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 a I will always support Bethesda doing weird shit, right? Yeah. Like, I like the fact that hey, we like we of course make like these big. Um, you know, hugely scoped titles with Fallout and Starfield and Elder Scrolls. But also, we're going to, like, have one of our, um, some of our team members work on this, like, mobile game that is more of a management thing, right? Or, like, we're going to have people work on, like, this weird, like, I like that they're, that they're splitting off and doing different things. Because if sure. it was just these big, ginormous RPGs and they go away and only make those, I feel like one that can kind of get stale. But then also, yeah, like, I think you have opportunities to do fun stuff with your IP. And so I want to see yeah. more fun stuff done with your IP. I mean, heck, it makes sense. I mean, mobile is still the dominant, you know, place to be able to play for people to, be able to play games. Like, I think I saw like a chart recently of like the the top ga like uh, game makers or at least, you know, ma people making money off of games. And I think I saw like Apple and Google is like in the top, like within like the top five or around there. And I'm like, yeah, OK, that makes sense because, you know, like like app fees and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, I mean, hey, you know, good on them for for making it i'll i'll you know i'll give it a try see how accessible it can be because yeah yeah we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> story number five minecraft dungeons support ends as the game hits 25 million players this is tom ivan at video games chronicle 
Mojang has ended support for Minecraft Dungeons. Co-developed by the Microsoft-owned studio in Double Eleven, the multi-platform dungeon crawler spinoff was released in May 2020. In a blog post published on Thursday, Mojang claimed the title had reached a new milestone by surpassing 25 million unique players. It also confirmed that last November's 1.17 patch was the game's final update, and that the team has now moved on to new projects that continue to explore experiences in the Minecraft universe. Quote, this means that there are no new features or content updates planned for the game, it said. We do not intend to continue bringing new experiences to the Minecraft... Uh, yeah, we no, do intend. We do intend. We do intend to continue bringing new experiences to the Minecraft universe. Can you imagine they were like, actually, no, fuck it. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're done. We're done with Minecraft. That's it, bitch. We're out. <laughs> uh, and give our team the freedom to keep exploring the types of games they're passionate about, just as they did with Dungeons, end quote. And this is exactly what we just talked about with the last story, right? Yeah. Hey, you got a big IP. Don't just let it sit and like you know keep doing the same thing. Find yeah. ways to experiment. Yeah, Minecraft Dungeons. I remember Joey and uh, maybe Greg like having fun with it uh, when it came out. It was a big hit with uh, Paris and Gary, I believe, as well. Yeah, yeah. I've had I've, I know a few of my friends that, like who've been able to play this with their, with their kids too, and it's the it's it's a fun time. And I'm sad to see like you got like 25 million players, and yet they're like, yeah, no, that's it. We're out. We're done. Yeah. Uh, At least it's like it doesn't seem. I don't know what the online systems of this game are, but like. They don't say anything here about shutting down online. It just seems like they're not patching it anymore, mm. which I think is probably good as long as the game is in a state where, you know, there aren't any big problems with it. Like, yeah, move on. Find sure. what, else, what the next Minecraft Dungeons is. It just sucks that there's not going to be, like, any new content. That's that's the main thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, if, you already, if you've already kind of put in enough time in the online and now it's like, okay, yeah, we're out. It's like, okay, what's the point of, you know, keep playing unless it's sort of like just, a, hey, if it's a chill game for you and you want to be able to, keep, like, have some fun and, you know, jump into, yeah. a ro- like, a, a dungeon and roguelike and whatever and by all means go for it. But, it, it you know, it sucks that they're shutting it down. But I get it. Like, yeah, I want to work on some – I want to see some new projects. Yeah. Uh, final news story, story number six. Speaking of shutting down, WWE 2K22 servers are going down soon. Uh, this is tweeted out by at WWE Games on Twitter. Attention WWE 2K community. 2K22 servers will be discontinued as of January 3rd, 2024. All online modes and functions, including online matches and community creations, will no longer be available. Now is the perfect time to upgrade to WWE 2K23. Thanks for all your support. This one... I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, it, like, it, it, it's a year out, and they're shutting it down? Yeah, like, this game came out, yeah, uh, last year. Yeah. And you're shutting it down in January? That That is insane to me. I know it's a sports game, and so you're getting a new iteration every year, but not everybody has the money to spend on the new iteration every year. Was this the the the, the not, like, like not greatly reviewed one? Like, no, this one this one was reviewed well. This was the return. was reviewed well, or 23 was reviewed well? Uh, I think both of them. 22 was like the return. To yeah, play. that's what I heard more. I heard more of 23 than I had uh, of 22. Yeah. The one, the, so I think it was 2K19 or 2K20. One of those was like the one where it was the trash fire, oh, the, all right. the bugs, okay. like yeah. all these things. Then 2K22 came out and people were like, oh, this is better. Like, this is pretty good, right? Like, I think 23 from what I can gather is pretty much more 2K22. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but like the fact that like yeah they're shutting down online and then also the community creation stuff that's gonna have yeah. a direct um, effect on things like uh, KFW because KFW right. still uses 2K22 because those those um, creations don't carry over into 2K23. That's what it was because I was like wondering when you guys like uh, which ones you guys were using for KFW and I was like yeah that makes sense yeah and, and so like once this hits like by the time we get to the next season of, of KFW that means Greg's that gonna have to recreate everything. Greg means that oh, Greg's gonna have to recreate everything rough. in the newest 2K um, and yeah all those community creations aren't gonna be usable. 
Damn. That sucks. Yeah. I don't understand why it's like they can't just, you know, keep the game updated, but just like update the new, like the roster as far as like who, like who's, who's on Raw, who's on like on SmackDown. Cause I will say this I have been getting into wrestling really big this year. Ever since WrestleMania this year, I've been following along uh, and I actually signed up for all like to be able to watch SmackDown and Raw. And I have have been loving it and i'm like i'm like i was like, i'm sad that now i can, you know i can't go back you know and do some character stuff in, in 2a2 i'm like oh, yeah i, I mean this is that. obviously very much them wanting to you to like invest in the new game and buy that new thing and then when 2k24 comes out you know spend your money on that right. as well but oh man this is this feels way too soon dude this is way too soon. i know i know uh we got a quick follow-up to our story number one uh during the show uh we got some um uh this quote popped up as breaking news. Uh, this is from Kotaku. A spokesperson for Sony said the KOTOR remake trailer was delisted over licensing issues. Quote, as part of normal business, we delist assets with licensed music when the licenses expire, they told Kotaku in an email. The only music in the trailer seems to be the main Star Wars theme, which is owned by Disney. They got a deal with Disney! How could Well, here's the thing. You're telling me you're the, the, the game oh, hold, on, hold on. The game that you're making that has that is licensed Star Wars. Yeah. You're telling me that the Star Wars music expired for that game that you're making for the trailer. Well, okay, here's the thing: they announced this in 2021. I forget if that initial trailer had a year on it, but I do wonder if it was like supposed to, like at least in like their initial kind of like development plans, if that was supposed to maybe come out this year, you know, and then at this point, you know, like the, the game's out, maybe the license uh, licensing kind of runs out soon after, but they were going to plan on renewing it once they, like, uh, a little bit after the game was out or something like that, but because it's been such a fucking shit show over there, yeah. I wonder if they're, they're just like, like the, ah, the way it. I read it is, like, PlayStation's like, you don't even know if this game's coming out anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so don't renew it. Like, 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 like they have other trailers that have the Star Wars theme. Like, why? Yeah, if I look up the trailer for a Star Wars fucking um, Jedi Unleashed, that's not the name of the game. Star Wars Unleashed <laughs> from Force, 2010. Force Unleashed blessing. Force Unleashed. Thank you. Force Unleashed. God. Thank you, Star Wars nerd. If I look up the trailer for Force Unleashed, the launch trailer. I'm don't sure, get that confused with Force Awakens, though. <laughs> I'm sure that trailer, I'm sure the launch or the, the announcement trailer probably still up on EA's official channels, all right? I was, that wasn't even an EA game, was it? It wasn't, all right? <laughs> I forget who made it. I butchered that but whole thing. But it was thing. sick as hell. The strikes me as a THQ joint. Was it a THQ joint? I don't know. Let me know. I have the... the, the, the you're wrong, I guess. I, I have the special VHS box set that uh, that uh, Limited Run uh, made for PAX East. I have that, like, for... Oh, that's that, sick. For the Switch. And I'm like... Yeah. Uh, that was THQ, it uh, seems. Let's THQ see. and LucasArts. Or, yeah, it was LucasArts uh, developed and published, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, LucasArts still sense. around? No, no, I'm talking about Force Unleashed. Force oh, Unleashed for back from, like, 2008. Okay, okay, okay. Right, right, right. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, it's it's been a while. I'm like, do we need to like? What, what do we need to do? Do we need to get John Drake on the phone? <laughs> like, hey, John Drake. <laughs> why, John Drake. Why can't PlayStation? <laughs> Yo, why y'all let the license expire? On the music? <laughs> it's all John's like, fault. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to replay the trailer in my head and go like, you know, hey, maybe there was another song in there. Maybe they had forgot about Dre just hidden in that trailer somewhere. <laughs> and they're like, oh shit, oh shit, we got to take this down. Doctor Dre said we could only use it for two years. Like, what the fuck is going on over there? Okay, so is it, wait, does that mean they're going to put the trailer back up once they figure out the licensing stuff? Like, I mean, I, here's the thing. When the game, when Embracer Group or Saber or Spire or whoever gets it together and, like, provides an update where PlayStation's like, 
okay, this might come out. I think that's when we'll see another trailer <laughs> come up for it. But until then, PlayStation's like, don't touch this thing. Like, let them do what they're doing, and we'll inevitably probably cancel it. You know what? It's probably. James Ryan's fault. That, that's why he. That's why he's retiring. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jim Ryan said down. He was like, oh, this Star Wars shit is It's insane. like, I'm just getting out before all this shit happens. He got the email that was like, hey, we're not reviewing, we're not renewing the music in your trailer. And he was like, this is the last straw. This is, yeah, I didn't I'm hang out. out with my family in Europe. I'm tired of this. <laughs> Steve, I'm so excited to see what in the world is the next update with the Star Wars uh, trailer for this new KOTOR game. But us getting that trailer <laughs> uploaded back up is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? You can go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we got Cocoon for Xbox Series X, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Cypher 007 for iOS. EA Sports FC 24 for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox... I say PS4 twice. PS5, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Fate slash Samurai Remnant for PC, PS4, PS5, Switch. Inspector Gadget Mad Time Party for PC, PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Why is Inspector Gadget at a Mad Time Party? You know, what's he doing there? <laughs> I don't know. Go home. What did Penny do? Kirby and the Amazing Mirror for Switch. And then The Elder Scrolls Castles uh, is out today on Google Play Early Access. New dates for you. Warm Snow is coming to Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PS4, PS5, That's Switch. not a real name. Warm Snow. Oh, that's October. That's sound. That's just that water. Dirty. That's water. That's it. You wanted to call your game water without just calling it water. No, because like it's like you go outside in December, right? And the snow and right, but you pick up the snow and the snow's warm. You know, like but it's still. It doesn't make sense. It's still the consistency of snow. The snow hasn't melted, but it's, it's warm. It's warm in your hand because your hand's warm. It's that's why. No, nah, it's warm snow. <laughs> Plus, you've never been around snow, have you? <laughs> it's like it's almost like um, it's like icy cold water. You know, water can be icy cold. Why can't snow be water warm? You know, you know I mean? it's just water. <laughs> oh, actually, warm snow looks kind of fire. Look at this. It's a what is this a roguelite? I don't know. Yeah. It's a dude with a snow with a with a sword. He's running around. Choose between various powers. Mm. Mm. I would not think warm snow and be like, yeah, it's a sword fighting game. Yeah. <laughs> It seems to take place in the winter. I wonder if it's like because yeah, look at all these people who are dead on the snow. If like the blood, you know, all oh, the blood, oh, is the blood. Oh. Yeah. man. Every roguelite menu <laughs> looks the same, and I love it. Hades, <laughs> set, uh, a Hades like really came up with a dude. Like, yeah, a Hades thing. really influenced yep. every roguelite that came after it. Because man, y'all are all doing the same menus. <laughs> And I want to play them all. They all look really fun. Gran Turismo Sport ends its service on January 31st, 2024. There's an, that's another new date for you. Uh, we have a deal of the day. Uh, this comes from Wario 64. The PlayStation Portal is up for pre-order on Amazon, Best Buy, and GameStop. That's going to be 120 bucks Or no, 200 bucks. 200 bucks. 199 yeah. $299 in, in Canada, which sucks. Exchange Wait, rates, man. Two, two is doing what now? Uh, a 269 269 oh, okay. In Canada, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Exchange rates. Y'all screw us over every time. <laughs> now it's time for counterfunny.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite in. Let us know what we got wrong as you got it wrong. So you can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe, 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 globe. Um, this is one from yesterday. Blessing called Dragon Ball the Breakers a Battle Royale when it is, in fact, a, a bad dead by daylight. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, let's see. Okay, people are riding with the KOTOR thing, and then Time Zero said, Pokemon Unite and Pokemon Tournament are decent, real-time action Pokemon games. All right, thank you for that. Okay. You know? Right. Listen, all I want, 
you know, I want to be playing as Hitmonlee. And I press circle, and I do a kick. <laughs> and I press triangle, and I do a, an even harder kick. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then I press square, and then I do a kick, but my kick's on fire this time. Yeah, but, but then I press you do X. that, you know, by selecting it in the menu, and then, you know, I press X, X to, uh, to, but my uh, kick is icy, you know? Uh, okay. <laughs> and I press R2, and I do a dodge. I don't think you're going to win this one, bless. Listen, Pokemon coming, I got an idea for the next game, right? <laughs> I'm make it an action game. Make it an action RPG. Uh, that's it for this week's KFGD. Next week's hosts are going to be like this, right? Monday, you're getting Greg and a mystery guest. Could that mystery guest be me? There is a chance, but I'm trying to get somebody else on it. On Tuesday, you're getting Greg and me. Wednesday, you're getting me and Andy. Thursday, you're getting me and Tim. Then on Friday, you're getting Tim and me. Um, there's no post show today for the for Kind of Funny Games Daily because, of course, we're doing our D&D stream right after this episode live uh, on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, and so if you're listening on podcasts or you're watching the VOD, uh, that'll be up on YouTube later on. So go check that out. Of course, this has been KHD. Thank you again, Steve Saylor, for joining me. No, thanks for uh, for having me. This is uh, this has been great. It's kind of great to be able to be in the, the new spare bedroom because uh, being back in the old studio, you guys definitely needed a, a new space. And so, yeah, it's pretty dope. Yes. Again, sorry we're, we're not able to have you in the big studio because we're setting up for for. No, D&D. it's all good. I just means I have to come back. Right? One thousand right? percent. You'll have right? to come back. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get you back in that big studio. Sweet. Uh, remember, each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news needs to know about. Go follow Steve Saylor on Twitter, on Instagram, on all those other platforms. Go subscribe to Steve's new Patreon. Go listen to Steve's new podcast. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Come give me a hug. There we go. Oh, there we go. Let's go. There we go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>